industrial accidents, ancient Solving poisoners, crime, poison prevention. Spills. This is Toxic History. Dr. Paul Hein is an emergency medicine physician born and working in San Diego, California. And with that, the mic is yours, Dr. Hein. Thank you, Dr. Blumenberg, for the introduction. Today, we're going to talk about dioxin and the poisoning of Viktor Yushchenko. A quick disclaimer before we begin. Today's topic has an obvious connection to modern events to which I want to be sensitive. Multiple sources on this topic abound from multiple countries, languages, and perspectives. Some of them do conflict, and everything I say should be considered hearsay until proven otherwise. My only hard stance is that humans being poisoned is generally a bad thing. I also preemptively apologize for any mispronunciations. Our story starts in September of 2004, and things are looking up for Viktor Yushchenko. He started out his career in government, running the National Bank of Ukraine, implementing its first currency and successfully defending against a hyperinflation crisis. In 1999, President Leonid Kuchma nominated him to become prime minister only for Yushchenko to overtake him in popularity and begin a run for the presidency by 2004, with strong support and a predicted victory. On September 5th, 2004, Viktor Yushchenko attends a dinner with his campaign manager, David Zvania, declining to bring security staff and arriving several hours late. This meeting was with the leadership of Ukraine's security service, the SBU. This included Director Igor Shmenchko and Deputy Director and host of the evening, Vladimir Satsyuk. Importantly, with Satsyuk's two assistants, depending on what source you read. The topic of the evening was on the stance of the security service in the upcoming election, as well as on recent death threats against Satsyuk's personal chef made the meal. The four men drank beer, ate boiled crayfish from a communal bowl, and a salad. This was followed by vodka, meats, and cognacs. Depending on where you read, the dinner menu was possibly twice as large with fermented horses, milk, sushi, rye bread, watermelon, sweet cakes, and wine. And one report even reports two Uzbek chefs who were there only to make a signature Palak dish. The two SBU leads confirmed to Yushchenko that they would remain neutral in the upcoming election. They stayed up until 2 a.m., but when he came home that night, his wife Katerina reported tasting something medicinal on his lips and breath, but Yushchenko denied any known ingestion of anything abnormal. The next day, Viktor Yushchenko became seriously ill with gastrointestinal symptoms and back pain and was evacuated in Ukraine on September 6th with concern about foodborne illness or chemical exposure. Political opponents blamed his symptoms on his opulent taste caused by sushi watered down with too much cognac. One of them even suggested he should have eaten more patriotic foods, such as pork fat and vodka. On September 10th, he was flown to the Rudolf Finnerhaus Clinic in Vienna for evaluation, where they noted pancreatitis, gastritis, colonic ulcers, intra-abdominal interstitial edema, and parasite paralyzed facial nerves. Poisoning was hotly debated as a possible cause, but no toxin was ever found. This did not stop Viktor Yushchenko from returning to the campaign trail a week later against the advice of doctors and requiring a spinal infusion pump to control the crippling back. As he recovered from the acute phase of his illness, his face became more edematous and eventually jaundiced and pockmarked. At week six, he had also developed severe leg neuropathy. The Vienna Clinic reached out to experts in search of an answer. Professor John Henry of St. Mary's Hospital in London was one of the first people to publicly note that his facial lesions appeared similar to chloracne from dioxin exposure. Graham Bauer, a toxicologist in Amsterdam, agreed, and in late December of 2004 ran a test for 17 dioxins, finding, curiously, only TCBD to be positive at markedly elevated levels. A confirmatory test was performed in January 2005 in Geneva, Switzerland, showing TCBD levels equating to 20 micrograms per kilogram. And compared to the maximum accepted dose of four picograms per kilogram per day, 
Yushchenko's levels were 5 million times higher than an acceptable daily intake. So how are we as toxicologists going to find evidence for where to treat this patient? Our, starting with the first question, what are dioxins anyway? They're a, dioxins and dioxin-like compounds are a very broad family of compounds, the classic molecules of the group having 1,4-dioxin as their backbone. This 1,4-dioxin is actually non-persistent in the environment and takes additional benzene rings to make them toxic and indestructible. Dioxins and dioxin-like compounds are generally regarded as persistent organic pollutants. They're extremely lipophilic, which results in their bioaccumulation and increased fatty, they increased toxicity up the food chain. They're most commonly created as byproducts of incomplete combustion, chlorine bleaching, and the manufacture of pesticides and herbicides. The most famous dioxin is TCDD, which is so famous that many call it dioxin as an incorrect shorthand. It is so toxic that it is a standard to which all others are compared by comparing their toxin equivalency factor to the ratio of any other toxin in the dioxin family to TCDD. TCDD's chlorine slow down hydroxylation of the molecule, which is thought to then be followed by glucuronidation or sulfonation. Notably, pure TCDD is not desirable for any safe reason. Mr. Yushchenko personally reports that in its pure form, it's only made in a handful of labs run by militaries worldwide, some of which are known to exist in Russia and the United States. Certainly raised concern about the involvement of world powers as a potential source of something not found in pure form anywhere else. Half-life estimates vary seven in human tissue. Seven years is commonly accepted. Half-life of 8.7 years seen in Vietnam veterans. Um, that elimination rate is actually dose dependent with half-life decreasing to five years in high exposures and rising up even above 10 in low exposures. A study in 2009 did observe a linear relationship once adjusted for age, body fat, smoking, and breastfeeding as well. Primary elimination appears to be by GI tract with a trace remainder in the urine. Dioxin toxicity is primarily mediated by the aryl hydrocarbon receptor, which binds to dioxins as well as a host of other xenobiotics and a few endogenous molecules. Since the AHR is a promoter gene, it has a very broad range on effects of metabolism, immunity, stem cell regulation, and cell division. Toxicity includes a characteristic eruption of skin lesions known as chloracne, as shown by Victor Jenko. Severe enough ingestion can result in a wasting syndrome, even with adequate caloric intake. Chronic toxicity is noted for increased risk in a broad range of cancers. Some studies have found an increased rate of birth defects with stillbirths, cleft lip, and neural tube defects. Others recognized associations with type 2 diabetes, neuropathy, and possibly with autoimmune disorders. We're looking for ideas on how to help Mr. Yushchenko, the largest human exposure to study would be those exposed to defoliant use in the Vietnam War. Operation Ranch Hand was operated by the U.S. military between 1962 to 1971 to target tree cover as well as crops in the Vietnam War. This operation exposed 500 million acres, where 20% of all of Vietnam's forests to at least one dose, resulting in about as much defoliation. A family of rainbow herbicides, Agent Orange, was the most commonly used and became the most famous. It was a 50-50 mix of 2,4-D and 2,4-5-T with the presence of TCDD only a contaminant at about two to three parts per million, but unfortunately that was quite enough. Vietnamese government and Vietnamese Red Cross together reported approximately 4.8 million Vietnamese people exposed with 3 million Vietnamese with some kind of health problems, 1 million with some form of disability, 150,000 children with birth defects and 400,000 deaths for a variety of causes such as cancer. Dioxin hotspots still exist to this day at abandoned US military bases. But on the left was taken at Tudu Hospital in Vietnam in 2004, same year as our poisoning in Ukraine. 
Meanwhile, U.S. veterans also reported increasing levels of poisoning. In 1993, 39,000 claims had been made to the VA. However, only 486 have been approved and compensated. Other significant dioxin exposure events have happened in Italy, Taiwan, Japan, and the city of Times Beach in Missouri. They all deserve their own lecture, but Vietnam eclipses them all in scale. This preponderance of data from this time period is great for chronic exposure, but it's hardly of help to Mr. Lushenko now. Something more acute and targeted. Two well-studied cases of TCD toxicity had occurred just a few years before. Two Austrian women working in textile research in uh, Austria, close to Vienna, came to Vienna in 1998 with severe chloracne and were found to have markedly elevated levels of TCDD. Both of their levels were well above the known LE50 in guinea pigs, suggesting that perhaps humans might be comparatively resilient. The source of TCDD was never found. Neither patient had any benefit with steroid or isotretinoin. However, based off of some previous volunteer data, Lestra was actually trialed to enhance fecal elimination, and during their treatment, half-life of TCDD was noted to be about one to two years, far shorter than the commonly accepted baseline of stool measurements did show a dose-dependent relationship of fecal elimination to a lesser dose. So with this information in hand, treatment began with a multidisciplinary team based out of Geneva, Switzerland, who published extensive research findings while treating him. Far from normal acne, biopsy of the lesions showed total eradication of sebaceous glands and instead development of hamartomas and cystic lesions that at peak covered 40% of Yushenko's body. The study authors proposed that chloracne is actually a misnomer. Any incisions in the hamartomas resulted in rapid dystrophic TCDD-induced healing. About 200 samples per month were collected from Yushenko over 12 months and he underwent 26 procedures under general anesthesia. Yushenko's hamartomas were found to concentrate TCDD tenfold compared to serum, potentially increasing the volume and distribution and reducing its concentration in tissues where it could be more toxic. Based on 40% body surface area of hamartomas at its peak and some very impressive volumetric CT scan calculations, this hamartoma compartment was estimated to have a volume of 6,400 cc's, enough to hold 35 micrograms of TCDD or two. As his TCDD concentration decreased, his hamartomas too started to recede. Yushchenko's hamartomas also had a strongly increased expression of the CYP450-1A1 enzyme, which is a primary enzyme that metabolizes dioxin. Gene microarrays were used to compare Yushchenko's skin genetic healthy volunteers and found CYP1A1 to be upregulated 172 times baseline at five months and 114 times baseline at 11 months in the image that all of the areas stained with brown are seen with an antibody that is anti-CYP1A1 showing where it's more expressed. Multiple other CYP enzymes were also significantly upregulated, which compared to the partial sequestration in the homeworkomas might have allowed his skin to enhance the detoxification process. NSAIDs and steroids had no beneficial effect. Multiple TNF-alpha inhibitors were attempted as well to hopefully forestall the chloracne. However, with an N of one and multiple other ongoing treatments, the authors did not want to draw any conclusions. Finally, referencing the case report of the two Austrian patients described previously, Yushchenko was indeed started on Orlistat and Olestra. The data here is unfortunately not very detailed, and we may never know what Yushchenko's favorite fat-free snack is. The poisoning was not enough to deter Yushchenko, who then fended off a second assassination attempt by Carbon, and who won the presidency after round two of voting had to be won on December 26th due to fraud. 
It was inaugurated on January 23rd of 2005. This story does have a happy ending for the dermatologists in the audience. As you can see here, three and a half years after the poisoning, his facial chloracne had improved dramatically. Yushchenko did lose office in 2010 to the pro-Russian candidate and old rival Viktor Yanukovych. Since leaving the presidency, Yushchenko has continued to speak out against Russian interference in Ukrainian politics, including commenting on the ongoing Russian invasion of Ukraine to this day. An investigation of the event has proven largely unrewarding. Ukraine's investigative body complained of Russia's refusal to extradite several key suspects and refusal to provide Russian-made dioxin for sample analysis. Over a thousand people have been interviewed by a Russian Ukrainian investigation with only a few persons of interest named. Some suspect that this absence of progress in naming their sub suspects reflects a continuance of uh, hesitancy to reveal the truth as if the dioxin was made out of country that could raise concerns about potential diplomatic implications, either with Russia or maybe even with Western allies. Yushchenko has notably accused members of the opposition and party in Ukraine who were in power at the time of his His first accusation was the administration of the incumbent President Kuchma only two weeks after the poisoning. Yushchenko's fellow party members in parliament also blamed organized crime, claiming that the incumbent party was in cahoots with them. Despite Yushchenko's previous relationship with Zavania, also been the godfather of his kids, their relationship had suffered after. Zavania began to disagree with Yushchenko's policies, to which Yushchenko retaliated by stripping Zavania of his Ukrainian citizenship. Zavania eventually claimed that Yushchenko had turned simple food poisoning into a story of a deliberate attack to garner sympathy from voters. The acrimony culminated in 2008, with Yushchenko accusing Zavania of vague involvement in the poisoning, although without any formal charge. Zvania at least continued to hold parliamentary office until 2014. Igor Shmeshko was also at the dinner and was accused of involvement by public rumors from multiple political opponents, but denied them all. Notably, he supported Yushchenko in the unrest after the election and forced Yanukovych to concede the election peacefully in Yushchenko's favor. However, this wasn't enough to prevent Yushchenko from firing him in 2005. In 2019, Shmeshko sued one of his former accusers in court and won. Vladimir Satsuk, the former SBU director and the host of the dinner, was seen in Moscow on April 28th, only a few days before the poisoning. In 2005, Satsuk was accused of financial impropriety and fled to Russia, where due to his dual citizenship, he was protected from extradition. Investigators also claimed that Satsuk was traveling with up to six passports. After the election of the pro-Russian Viktor Yanukovych, Satsuk returned to Ukraine and attempted to restart his political career unsuccessfully. He subsequently in 2021, was reported to have moved back to Russia, was reported to have been advising the Russian intelligence services, and they had apparently made him a major general, according to one Russian news website that I read through a translator. Well, everyone knows who was poisoned. Some of Yushchenko's assertions have also raised questions. While he was still a candidate in 2004, he did initially refuse to give statements to the commission created to investigate his illness, and he refused to release his Vienna records to them. Zivania claimed at the time that they had refused to appear because it was run by the opposition government and they had no faith in the process. The next several years after the election, Yushchenko claimed several times to know who was behind the attack, but declined to name them out loud. He also stated in a CNN 60 Minutes episode on February 2nd of 2005 that he knew where the dioxin had come from, but delegated to his country's general prosecutor to reveal more details. This has not stopped him from leveling public accusations against Zivania and Satsuk. After that dinner and poisoning, all three members of the dinner party had one way or the other fell into Yushchenko's disfavor. 
Yushchenko fired Shreshko in 2005, accusing Zhivani of publicly of involvement in 2008 and requesting extradition of Satsuko in 2009. Some even doubt that the poisoning happened at the dinner on the night of September 5th. Yushchenko, Yushchenko was already feeling unwell before the meeting, and toxicologists suggested that dioxin poisoning symptoms typically take anywhere from three days to two weeks to appear. Meanwhile, Yushchenko's symptoms appeared hours after the meal, which would make it the fastest case of dioxin toxicity onset. Katerina finding a medicinal taste in her husband's lips contravenes a common assumption that dioxins are tasteless and odorless, but in her defense, no one has ever tasted pure TCDD and reported back. The dinner was also a small group of high-profile individuals with little room to diffuse blame. Shmeshko and Satsuki stated outright that poisoning Yushchenko at the dinner would have been foolish and too suspicious. Finally, to complicate things further, Yushchenko had actually had a dinner even before that dinner at the house of a business owner named Vladimir Shulga, only a few hours before. Shulga, a few years later, was wanted for questioning, but unfortunately, when he was brought into police custody in 2008, he died in his jail cell. At least 10 different theories about the poisoner's identity are out there, each with their own adherence. There's one final question that bothers me. Dioxin certainly gets points for originality for assassination attempts. However, the world is filled with lethal and proven toxins. Why choose dioxin when more certain options exist, like Georgi Markov or polonium for Alexander Lipinenko? Dioxin toxicity was well known by that point in time, and the effort and stakes required to make pure TCDD perhaps make an amateur attempt less likely. However, Yushchenko's dose blew past the LD50 for guinea pigs, and maybe death indeed was part of the plan. If not, perhaps a goal was to send an unmistakable me message or impact Mr. Yushchenko's charisma and public image by disfiguring him without making him a martyr in death. Perhaps full assassination of a politician was considered too aggressive or a possible act of war, so a maimed survival was preferred. No one has confessed to the deed, and given the current state of political affairs, it's hard to expect open-hearted revelations to come anytime soon. Dioxins are persistent, but thankfully not eternal. Dioxin production is now regulated by the Stockholm Convention on Persistent Pollutants with over 180 parties. Notably, the US is one of the few to have signed but not formally ratified the convention. Average adult daily dioxin intake in the U.S. probably ranges between 0.3 and 3 picograms per kilogram per day. The thresholds vary, but ranges from 4 to 10 picograms have been mentioned. Cleanup efforts are still required in many hotspots across the globe, and there are plenty of other persistent organic pollutants that need to be thought about, but preventing ourselves from making the problem worse is a good first step. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for your time. Have a great day.